Ross has all the spring deals you want, so you can say yes to more looks for you and your budget. Tube tops for less? Yes. Dad shorts for the weekend? Yes. Mini skirts for less than online? That's a yes for you and your bank account. Find your certified yes for me moment and save 20 to 60% off department store prices every day at Ross. Hurry in for spring deals today. Items and styles vary by store. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Witness Docs from Stitcher. This is an historic time. This could be the next 1918 pandemic. Why is it taking so long to get a screening test? Are you isolating yourself? Who do you count on? It's actually to protect you. Wash hands, wash hands, wash hands. I mean, you're the scientist. You're going to have to tell me. (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome to Science Rules Coronavirus Edition. I'm your host, Bill Nye. And this is our special series in which we bring you the latest analysis and the science of this pandemic to keep you informed, prepared, and calm. We're all in this together, my friends. Now, as of today, the beginning of May, more than a million cases have been reported in the United States. That number includes more than 61,000 deaths. And it's still not clear what happens to all those people who have apparently recovered from the coronavirus. Let's say you didn't get tested, but you think you had the disease, you you got infected. How do you know if you're actually immune? And why is the disease deadly to some of us, but not to others? These are the subjects James Hamblin has spent a lot of time researching and writing about in the last few months. Dr. Hamblin is a preventative medicine physician and staff writer at The Atlantic, and he teaches public health at Yale University. He also has a book coming out this year called Clean, about the surprising effects of hygiene. Welcome to Science Rules, James. Jim, if I may. Thank you for having me. All right, let me, let me ask you just like the fundamental question has been bugging me. Why do some people get sick and some people get really sick or sicker than others? Is it your genes, your age, pre-existing conditions, a combination? How well is it understood? We're understanding more and more about it. There are still obviously a lot of open questions, but it is more more complex and interesting than just age and pre-existing conditions because you're hearing a lot of doctors who are seeing patients who are young and healthy who it's not the norm, but can suddenly develop severe disease. And, and I've spoken to people who had kind of a week or two of feeling moderately ill, but then... All of a sudden, they're in an ICU hours later. And so, what? yeah, that's what's been fascinating to me is that's not a typical course. You know, normally when you get to that point in a disease, you start to – you're, you're expecting to feel better any moment soon. Um, so I, I've been interested in exactly that crash. What causes that and can we predict it? Can we help people get to the hospital before it happens? And uh, can we improve outcomes by just better understanding the immune reaction that's happening there? Is it one immune reaction? That is to say, is it possible that the COVID-19 virus travels with another virus? Like, uh, I certainly have gotten a second cold while I had a first one. 
certainly people are getting super infections, and that that could definitely be part of some of these crashes. Um, What's a super infection? Oh. A super infection? Sounds like superorganism. Sorry, that's yeah, uh, jargon. Just a super infection is when you get an infection on top of another one. Um, oh, oh, it's a, literally in Latin uh, on top. Yeah. Super is above. Yeah, yeah. Uh, an infection above another infection. Wow. So it, it certainly is the case that that's what's happening to some people uh, who who suddenly get very ill after being generally you know, only mildly or moderately. Um, But there are also ways in which our immune system is shaped by the prior infections we've had and our overall general health that in some ways determine our likelihood of falling off that cliff, of going into that uh, that level of of failure. And uh, there are different markers which people are starting to test for in the blood which might signal it. When you're starting to test for it, is this the mythic antibody test that one hears about? No. The antibody test is also extremely exciting, at least at a scientific level, because those will tell us, um, you know, who is protected to what degree and for how long. See, I thought I thought once you got the antibodies, you were set. <laughs> oh, you man. You got the antibodies, you're it good. Would be but so that is nice. not the case, right? You know, it's not fully the case with most infectious diseases. They, they, you can test antibodies, you know, in a positive or negative way, and, and you're very likely to not get it again. But how do, how do you, how do I test antibodies? Is it, we have to create some reagent who, who creates this chemical that can detect it? Yeah. And in fact, the FDA has just opened it up, so pretty much anybody can do that. <laughs> so when you say anybody, I mean seriously, there's some laboratory who understands all this stuff. How is there it? There are more than 150 companies that have put these on the market right now, and the approaches they're taking are not all clear or transparent because the FDA has just said you can take them to market right now. Some of them are going through FDA approval process. The technical mastery of microbiology testing is is not my strong suit, but you have something that can essentially act like a magnet that sucks the antibodies out of a blood sample and says, yeah, there are antibodies here, or no, we didn't find anything, nothing nothing bound to this. And how long does it take? I get a blood test, somebody takes a blood sample, how long does it take? And I guess different manufacturers make different claims. Yeah, they're kind of all over the place right now, and that's why I'm not advising that anyone get one right now. Wow, really? You're advising that no one bother getting antibody test right now because their reliability is that low? I would encourage people to take part in clinical trials at places that are using that data to help us understand what the results mean and how accurate those tests are. I would not encourage people going and trying to just buy a random test they found online and give it to themselves, have their doctor order it for them. Um, those are... We don't know the quality of those, and even if they were perfect, we wouldn't know what to do with it. We wouldn't know what to do with the results. So we need people taking part in, in trials that are vetting these tests and helping us understand what they mean. Uh, that all sounds bad. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you, <laughs> I want to ask a fundamental question. This is, a, um, in a sense, a call-in show, a delayed call-in show. We take questions on by voicemail. You may remember that technology, voicemail, <laughs> actually, where you hear a human's voice instead of just a text message. We have a, a wonderful question from one of our listeners in Toronto, in uh, Ontario. So let's roll that digital recording. Hey, Bill, I'm just calling. I do, in fact, have a question. Love your show, by the way. Science does, in fact, rule. 
I just have a question about the antibody test. So if you're getting an antibody test, you have to have been exposed to the virus, have the antibody in your bloodstream. How long after exposure until when the test can be administered will the antibodies show up? So how much of a delay is there between exposure and when you can actually administer the test and get a positive on it? And is this going to be a, 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 a huge change in virus testing or is it uh, because it's after the fact not going to affect the, the the range of testing as much as we would like I guess at this point. Take care. And we touched on this earlier but you're saying antibody tests aren't very reliable. Not not yet but they, they will be soon. And, I, and, and how long will be the time uh, between getting between being if exposed and having the antibody test be Informative. So, right, you develop different kinds of antibodies at different time periods after an infection. And you develop, we know IgG antibodies are reliably detectable uh, in the second week of the disease. Those come on pretty quickly and then they go away. Longer lasting ones take weeks to months to detect. And those are likely the ones that are going to be influential in terms of saying, are you going to get infected in the fall if you had this in the spring? Um, and Gosh, <laughs> weeks or months? Well, well yeah, that, man, for, for longer term. Man, this trouble. Well, th no, that's typical. This, oh, it's typical. Man. And but we would need to watch that that response for a matter of months and years to see exactly how long it lasts and exactly how effective it is. I mean, how many people? What percentage of people who test positive for that IgM antibody? end up getting reinfected versus being fully what's protected. A, what's IgG? What's IgM? What uh, they're, they're immunoglobulin. If you can break uh, that one down uh, for me, Latin-wise. <laughs> well, glo globes of immune. Uh, yeah, and they're, they're sort of these little um, forks that, have to, that, that just detect um, proteins um, on the virus. Oh, they see if they fit. Yeah, the the fork comes up and it, like the plug in the socket. Yeah, and they have to they have to fit this and and um, so the prongs have to be the right width. Right, and so there's some concern that some of the antibody tests that are out there right now might be detecting a antibodies to other coronaviruses. They might not be real specific, you know. And you don't want to have a positive antibody test and think you're protected and then actually not be. So that, that we want to make sure these tests are really bearing out in the long term to be true. It is so frustrating. <laughs> uh, I got to say, as a, as a, a civilian, doggone it. it. It's promising. I, the antibody tests will be central to our understanding of this disease. I mean, they just hit the market, you know. I wouldn't expect them any test to come on and just immediately be 100% perfect. And this is a high-stakes situation, which is why I say just at the moment, I don't recommend casually getting the test. In the future, hopefully that recommendation changes. We'll be back right after this. Ross has all the spring deals you want, so you can say yes to more looks for you and your budget. Two tops for less? Yes. Dad shorts for the weekend? Yes. Mini skirts for less than online? That's a yes for you and your bank account. Find your certified yes for me moment and save 20 to 60% off department store prices every day at Ross. Hurry in for spring deals today. Items and styles vary by store. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Let us say I am infected and I'm sick. Mm -hmm. Then I report to the appropriate authorities everybody who's come in contact with me. Furthermore, uh, the proper authorities put out a list of people who report being infected. And have you met this person? If you've met this person in the last few days, months, weeks, please tell us. And so we don't have that capability because we don't have the tests. And because of certain ambiguities with this disease, like what constitutes contact? If you went to the grocery store, do we need to contact everyone who was in the grocery store at the same time as you, uh, within 48 hours after you? Where do we draw that line? Because we don't know exactly where we would draw the line of contact, we will likely be able to to get in touch with someone who has spent extensive time with you. Say, so you know, people you you live with and work with, but we would not be able to pick up, you know, everyone who you might have uh, casually passed. And so it won't be perfect. So what makes this COVID so much different from all the other? My understanding is there are several coronaviruses out there, which are the crown-shaped virus, if you could magnify it enough, right? Yeah. But something's different about this one. Yeah. There are kind of two principles on which we think about viruses. You know, how easily does it spread from person to person and how how often does it kill people or cause severe disease and the ones that spread real easily from person to person like the common cold tend not to kill people and the ones that tend to kill people like MERS and SARS which were the other coronavirus outbreaks the world got really worried about those don't spread quite as easily and the problem with this one is it's right in the middle in that danger zone it spreads real easily because it doesn't always kill people, um, because there are asymptomatic or relatively healthy people walking around spreading this, that's what makes it so dangerous. Uh, so we, we don't really understand it well enough to determine who's going to get sick from what. But then the mystery is that young people get it and get sick right away, you get, have this uh, uneven course. Yeah. You're, you feel better and better, then all of a sudden you have a real bad turn. Right. That's, right? And that's what I'm hearing is so scary for a lot of people that no one, no one knows for sure that this isn't going to happen to them. So e even if you're, your symptoms aren't that severe, you at least have this in the back of your head. You know, is this the day where I'm going to start to feel like I, I'm short of breath and I have to go to the ICU? And that is, for a lot of people, just... Very scary. Um, that, that's what I would. Well, as it should yeah. be. As it should <laughs> well, be. Well, right, right, and, um, right. And at the ICU, at the ICU in intensive care unit, that's where you get the mythic ventilator that's gotten so much press, right? That to help you. A breathe. lot of people. Most people in the ICU are on ventilators, but not everyone. And 
Well, uh, the, our our uh, Prime Minister of Britain, uh, Boris, uh, did not go on a ventilator, they reported. Uh, and I've been he- hearing about that happen more and more frequently. Doctors are seeing that patients get through this without a ventilator right when they're on the verge of whether they may or may not have needed one. And so they're being used less often than we initially anticipated. I got to say, as my favorite thing, okay, there's, I like popcorn, but my favorite thing is evolution. Evolution is how you understand all of life, in my opinion. And, you know, my opinion is correct, as you know. So uh, if, if you're going to design a disease, you don't have to. Nature is going to find the, the most uh, efficacious way to spread the virus. It's just because the viruses and bacteria, parasites of all sorts, reproduce so fast. They make so many attempts that sooner or later they stumble on the, the one that promotes their business the best, which is bad for us. So I have a specific question that may seem unrelated, <laughs> but what is the cytokine storm? Yeah, that is a great question. It's our body releasing these molecules, which are called cytokines, which are like little fire alarms, telling, saying, hey, there's something really wrong here. We've, we've been invaded. We need to crank up all our defenses and do something. And you get, you get adrenaline and you get all your white blood cells are coming out and just trying, like rallying the masses to do cytokine something. i think cytokine comes from the word for cell greek word for cell and the word for motion like the cinema hmm. kinematic yeah, cytokine is the so. cells are moving man cells are moving i, I yeah i i hadn't uh, hadn't thought of that but that sounds right and you know it's meant to be a protective thing but when you have this virus which is new to our species um and our immune system is kind of confused and doesn't know what to do it, that same response can kind of just quickly wear out your organs and prove to be inefficient and even dangerous to ourselves because we can't reliably distinguish which cells have a virus in them and which don't. And we're just really worried right now. So we're just going to destroy a lot of them. Um, It's a flood of of molecules, right? Right. Of immune inflammatory molecules. I'm sorry. Yeah, very Ideally, that's a real precise response. You know, when you have antibodies, you... You're really like the Navy SEALs are out there targeting these virally infected cells real efficiently. And you feel a little sick, but maybe or maybe even don't. Um, but when you have no antibodies, just these cytokines saying, hey, everybody come out and <laughs> do your best to keep us alive. That's where we see this unpredictable sort of chaotic clinical course. And that's why there, uh, uh, it's, it is, if I may, the imperfect storm. Yeah, Right. Uh, it's in other words, your your body's response is imperfect, and so it screws up and drains you uh, because it's not targeted to help you recover. Yeah. And this is how. If let me ask you, this is how young people have got, died of strokes. Right. It's related. Um, you have this two kinds of an immune response. You know, innate and adaptive. And and the innate one is meant to just kind of say, I can't prepare for everything. That's going to invade me. I don't know if it's a if it's a rusty nail or some new virus or some air pollution I've inhaled. My body's going to do the same thing and just try to isolate that thing, wall it off, and get it out. You know, it's not very pretty. Um, and 
we don't have the familiarity with this virus, so it goes in and does things like that, and then our bodies react in predictably, you know, not always helpful ways like forming blood clots, and those can, um, yeah, they can lead to strokes, and it doesn't seem to make sense outside of the fact that, that the body is just in a, in a confused state trying to protect itself. All right, Dr. Hamblin, Jim. Is there a thing or a set of things you'd want people to do or steps that we can take as a society, voters and taxpayers and so on? You know, I would just focus less on the idea of reopening businesses and more on the idea of creating the health systems of testing, of care, um, of personal protective equipment that would allow us to reopen. Um, you know, I think it's when people feel that they're protected, they can safely move about, and that if they do get sick, they'll be cared for, that once we have that level, people will actually start to be able to safely go out and patronize businesses and, and do work and return to some semblance of normalcy, which the public health community fully appreciates is very, very important. No one is suggesting that's not a top priority. That's Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants to get back to normal. Just uh, we let us. I recommend we listen to the experts on the path to normalcy. Yeah, yeah. and um, and and that it's going to be a difficult time for everyone. We're going to make difficult choices. There's going to be no silver bullet. There's going to be no single, no single medicine. You know, um, we have to do as I like to say, everything all at once. I think yeah, that's a that's a great <laughs> motto for the time. Honestly, you know, you can feel empathy for people who are suffering more than you, and you can also acknowledge the the hardships we're all going through of just of isolation and worry, and and everyone's problems are valid and and need to be taken seriously. And uh, it's a tough time, but we're gonna get through it, everyone. We will. So thank you so much, Dr. Jim Hamblin. Thanks for coming on the show today. Oh, it's an it's an honor to meet you and to be on it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Anyway, Dr. Hamblin, he's not only a physician, everybody, he's a staff writer at The Atlantic, a prestigious, informative, thoughtful magazine. He also teaches public health at Yale University, which, as I hear, is a pretty good school back east. And his new book, Clean, comes out later this year about the surprising effects of hygiene on our society. Now, if you'd like to join our conversation here on Science Rules Coronavirus Edition, I hope you do. Uh, please leave us a voicemail. I hope you remember that technology and tell us about your experience, especially if you have a question about the pandemic. Our number is 201-472-0785. 201-472-0785. As you may know, I'm your host, Bill Nye. <laughs> And my friends, this is a pandemic. It's worldwide. It's serious. We're all in this together. And more than ever, science rules. If you like science rules, and of course I hope you do, please take a moment to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. It helps us out. It helps other people learn about the show and what we can do to make it better. So thank you. Science Rules Coronavirus Edition is produced with the help of Witness Docs from Stitcher. The show is produced specifically by Stephanie Kariuki, Dan Bloom, and Corey S. Powell. Our editor is Tracy Samuelson. Our engineer is once again Luz Fleming, who also mixed this episode. Peter Clowney is our executive producer. Special thanks to Casey Holford. Chris Bannon is the chief content officer here at Stitcher. And at Stitcher, everyone, science rules. 
Ross has all the spring deals you want, so you can say yes to more looks for you and your budget. Tube tops for less? Yes. Dad shorts for the weekend? Yes. Mini skirts for less than online? That's a yes for you and your bank account. Find your certified yes for me moment and save 20 to 60% off department store prices every day at Ross. Hurry in for spring deals today. Items and styles vary by store.